Hey guys, welcome back to the Allergic to Grace podcast. I'm Victoria. And I'm Whitney. We're so glad you joined in to listen today. We hope you're all having a very fine Monday. Or Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. So talking about last week, um, we're recapping the chapters 25 and 26, where we had a ton of stuff to unpack. There was a lot. A lot. Starting with Abraham's death and his six other sons, um, the difficult conception and birth of Jacob and Esau. Esau fleshly selling his birthright for some stew, Mm -hmm. Um, God's promise to Isaac and the interactions between Isaac and the new king, Abe, which we determined was either the son or the grandson of the king, Abe, that Abraham Abraham talked to, right? The covenant that was supposed to last to the future generations. That didn't even last one. Anyway. Anyway. So in chapter 27, it starts off by pointing out that Isaac is old and he's basically blind. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it just starts off by him being like blind and old and stuff. And like, I feel like we had so many chapters and so much in-depth information about Abraham that we don't really get to see Isaac. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just kind of like as bad as it might be to say that maybe Isaac is just kind of the middleman, as awful as that is to say. I mean, he was obviously the chosen one, but like Abraham was the beginning. Yeah. Isaac, yes, he was the future and currently, you know, as we're going over the present. But as we found out last episode, Jacob is now the future. Yeah. I just feel like a couple episodes ago, he was born. Like, and Hagar and Ishmael were being cast out. And now he's old and dying. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. Or so he thinks he's dying. Yeah. I mean, well, he's blind and he's of old age is what it says. It says, verse one of chapter 27 when isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see i mean i guess too like we're just getting in the last episode highlights maybe of the larger parts that we needed to know like his children jacob and esau how their relationship was how their relationships were with their parents yeah what happened between isaac and abe you know and now that Isaac has kind of fulfilled his purpose. Mm-hmm. It's now the boy's turn. Yeah. And I think we're going to see maybe similar things. Yeah. Um, and also to Abraham moved around a lot. Like, I feel like Isaac that we know of didn't really move around all that much. Like yeah. he was told not to go to Egypt exactly. and then he kind of just stayed where he was. Yeah. Right? Because God told him, you'll go to the land that I'll show you. Yeah. And so that's what he did. Maybe that's why we don't hear as much because he didn't move around as much. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we found out that Rebecca was Mm -hmm. barren, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, I hate to use the word dramatic, but it wasn't nearly as dramatic as what Abraham and Sarah trying to conceive was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So because Isaac is old and he's basically blind and he thinks he's dying he wants to bless his oldest son Esau so he tells him you know he calls him to him and he says I'm old I don't know the day of my death so this we're just assuming that he's on his deathbed right now yeah yeah because that's what everybody's thinking yeah so he tells his oldest son Esau to go and get his weapons and go out into the field and hunt so that he may eat of his game and that my soul 
may bless you before he dies. Yeah. And let's remember that Esau was Isaac's favorite Mm -hmm. because he was a man's man, basically. Like he was an outdoorsy kind of guy. He Mm -hmm. was the one who hunted. He was the one who went in the fields. You know, and like we said last episode, I'm sure Jacob did some of that. But yeah, the majority of the time and most of the time he was within the tents with his mom. With his, his mummy's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we can see that it was Isaac's choice to bless Esau. Now, I had a question for you because you had a lot about blessings versus birthright on the last episode. What is the main difference? Can you like highlight those points again? Because yeah. I completely really forgot. Yeah. So from what I understand and I gather from the things that I've read, most of it came from gotquestions.org. Yeah. Um, and from what I gather and the way I pictured it in my mind is a birthright is divine. A birthright is from God. Mm-hmm. Like it is, you know, in that time and we'll see in the future, you know, when a king is king and they have a child, the firstborn son, it is their birthright mm-hmm. to inherit the throne. So the firstborn son gets that and the only person or the only God is the only one who can determine who is born first. So the yeah. birthright is considered to be divine, whereas a blessing comes from man that you know the father or whoever is the head of household at that time can give to any other i'm assuming only man or any other male Mm -hmm. within the family or within the people so birthright is divine blessing is for man from what i gather in the way that i think of it yeah and i remember last episode um i was super confused about why it was such a big deal that Esau passed off his birthright for soup or stew. Um, And I did a further research into it. And I found out that same exact what you just said, that the birthright was from God and they knew about Abraham's blessing. They knew what they were inheriting as that birthright. And one, that's why Jacob wanted it. And two, Esau is a very flesh man. He lives yeah. for the moment. So exactly. like in him not looking towards the future of what he was going to inherit from God, um, he sold it for some stew to satisfy his fleshly pleasure, fleshly needs yeah, at the in time. that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, you know, kind of what I was saying about how God knows our hearts. Like, mm-hmm. He knew that Esau was going to be presented with the situation, the choice of, do I sell my birthright or do I not? Mm -hmm. And while, yeah, we do have free will, but because our God is a personal God, he already knows what we're going to choose. God provides us with the power to choose what is right or what is, you know, godly. Mm -hmm. But we have to choose to use that power. So, And another point that was difficult for me to grasp was the fact that God knows every single person that's ever going to come into this world. He knows exactly what they're going to do in their life. And he knows exactly when they're going to be taken out and called home. And he also knows the exact time, day, place, hour, whatever of the coming of Christ. So he knows from the very, very beginning everyone that's ever going to live on earth. Yeah. 
he knows their sin. He knows how many hairs are on their head. Yes. So he knew even before um, Jacob and Esau were born that Esau was going to do this. That's why he gave Rebecca that prophecy saying yeah. the younger or the older shall serve the younger. Yeah, because he knew. He knew. Now, and I think in him telling that kind of made Rebecca and Isaac, as we will see, want to take things into their own hands. Because remember, each one of their each one of them had a favorite son. Yeah. And it was not the same one. Rebecca favored Jacob. Yep. And as we said, Isaac favored Esau. Yeah. So. And we see in chapter 27, just that Isaac is trying to take matters into his own hands and give his blessing to Esau when Esau isn't the one that's supposed to be inheriting God's promises. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like how when Sarah and Abraham tried to take producing a child into their hands and we all saw how well that played out. So, yep. So in hearing Isaac tell Esau to go and hunt for him so he can bless him and they can eat together. Rebecca hears this and he, she takes it back to Jacob and it's just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. They devise a plan. They scheme together. Well, more so Rebecca telling Jacob what to do than them scheming together. But they say, you know, we're going to dress you up. I'm going to go cook delicious food for him. You're going to go slaughter a, a lamb or whatever the heck he pulled from the field. What yeah, was it? it was, she said, go bring me two young goats so that I might make delicious food for your father. Um, because we're going to trick him into thinking that he's blessing Esau, but it's really going to be you. Jacob says, but hold on. He's going to know yeah. because my brother is a hairy man and he smells. and I'm, and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like to your point, let said that, I mean, Esau spent a lot of time outdoors. Mm-hmm. Do you think they had deodorant? Do you think they took regular showers? Th- exactly. No. So he probably definitely had a, an odor about him that was Musk. distinct. <laughs> musk. Yes, we'll call it Esau's musk. Um, That's going to be a deodorant spray. Yeah, we're going to develop <laughs> like Axe. Esau's, Esau's musk. musk. Esau's musk. <laughs> and Jacob's Pat shaving pinning. cream. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, and so Rebecca basically says, listen, just listen to me. Even if you're cursed, I'll take it. Listen to my voice. We're doing it. Yeah, because Jacob was worried that his dad was going to be like, find out that he's tricking him and curse him. Yeah. Because that was a serious thing. Yeah, absolutely. Rebecca was was like, no, 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 no. I got it. And let's keep in mind, too, kind of like you had kind of researched and found in Mm -hmm. the point that you made about this man. Everybody thinks he is on his deathbed. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's disgracing, honestly. Like he, they're tricking someone on their deathbed. Like, put it into a picture. You're standing there. Your grandmother or grandfather is on their deathbed, like literally about to take the last breaths of life, and you're sitting there scheming on how to get the money out of their purse. Yeah, or you you're lying straight to their face. Like one dying. of their last wishes is to please my son, make me delicious food. <laughs> And, you know, and then I'm going to bless you. But let's also keep in mind, too, like we know what the prophecy is. We know what God told Rebecca. And so kind of like, again, when Isaac and Abraham both told the pharaohs and the kings, oh, this is my sister trying to take God's will and into their own hands or trying, you know, when Abraham had Ishmael with Hagar trying to take 
everything into their own hands and trying to control it for themselves. That's exactly what Isaac and Rebecca were trying to do here. Yeah. And so Isaac thought, you know, he could, I don't know what he thought he was going to do, wiggle his way around God and secretly give everything to Esau. You know, my Bible says something interesting about 27.5, which it says, now Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. It says, in keeping with longstanding pattern, Isaac neither provides spiritual leadership in the home, nor does he listen to his wife's counsel. Uh, Factors that strongly contribute to his family's difficulties. Isaac's behavior contrasts with that of Abraham. Yeah, you know, because I was thinking about that earlier, too, is like, we saw Abraham teaching Isaac. Yeah. You know, and Isaac listened. Yeah. So why isn't he then? And then to Abraham listened to Sarah. He did. Uh, his counsel. He did. All the time. Husbands Even when listen he to knew, your wives. Right. We know. We he, know things. <laughs> That's what we do. Well, we wife and we know things. Okay. Mind you, Sarah also gave Hagar to Abraham, and he listened. Yeah. So but we'll <laughs> leave it at that. But anyway, Isaac didn't do that. He didn't set spiritual, you know, leadership in his yeah. house. Yeah. Um, so that's a very good point. I no never wonder. even thought of that because you don't hear about any of that. You no. hear Isaac teaching him how to be, teaching Esau how to be, I am, words are hard. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. la, 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 la. try that again add that mm-hmm. to the sound effects box yes um we saw isaac teaching esau how to hunt yeah. how to you know trap use a bow and arrow we saw rebecca teaching jacob but in that we didn't see anything mentioned about isaac making sacrifices spiritual leadership yeah Which teaching them about god see. Later on, the contrast between Jacob and the servant when he's when he goes to live with his uncle, how he doesn't immediately turn to God to do anything because he didn't have that spiritual leadership yeah. in his house from yeah. his father. That makes a so lot of sense. Rebecca's deceit, her concern to see the chosen child blessed was sound, whether or not it was right. You know, mm. that's a different story. But her, yeah, her intention, I, like, mm-hmm. it was sound. Yeah. Yeah. I never even thought of that. I mean, not that it excuses what Rebecca or Jacob did. And we'll see them get their just dessert. So anyways. She took matters into her own hands. Yes. And or she so she tried. Yep. Um, so she slaughters these goats, prepares the food, uses the goat's hair, basically wraps them around um, on the smooth part of Jacob's neck and on his, his hands. hands. Um, and then they use Esau's garments right? Ooh. to smell like him. Yeah. Because think about it. If Isaac is blind, all he has to go off on is hearing, smelling, feeling. He's not going to taste him, but you know. He can taste the delicious food. <laughs> he can taste food. the delicious food. Like he's, he's, he's only relying on his flesh to tell him that he's actually talking to the right son instead of relying on his spiritual intuition. And also because what is he trying to do? He's, He's trying to outcut around God's will. Yep. So and he can never do that. Yes. So he, they get the delicious food. His mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, put them on Jacob, her younger son. Mm-hmm. He goes into the dad. He says, who's there? He says, 
It's me. Esau, your firstborn. Your firstborn. Now you got to say it in the voice. It's me, Esau, your firstborn. I was like, oh, do you think he did that? But yeah, I I probably tries to sound like him. Maybe, but Isaac immediately knew. He's like, "Mm, no, no, you You don't sound sound like like Jacob. Mm -hmm. So he's like, no, it's me. It's me. Well, he also (laughs) questions. He also questions how quickly he was able to get the food. Yeah, exactly. Because keep in mind too, Esau's out in the field or out wherever. Yep. He's like, he threw God back in his face. He's like, because your Lord granted me success. Yes, I read that and it made me cringe. Lying. Straight, bold face, lying. Like not just lying, but like using God as a lie. Yep. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, he's like, all right, well, come here then and let me feel you basically let me feel you my son let me let me feel the hairs on your arms Ew. so he does yep. and jacob does he mm-hmm. leans over or whatever and he's like oh okay well and he sees see the smell of my son so yep. the clothes worked the hairy hands work yeah the goat skins have worked do you think she cleaned the back of it off the back of the skin I don't know. Like, I don't want the with like blood and anyway. Anyway, he questions. He's like, you know, Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, "The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau." And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's. So he blessed him and he said, "Are you really my son Esau?" And Jacob answered him, "I am." I mean, so then, maybe Isaac too. I just thought of this. Like he thinks he's losing it, maybe because he's pretty sure he's dying why do you think he thought he was dying because he was blind was he having other like i'm going medically like are you having trouble breathing does your chest hurt i mean i think the fact that he was losing his sight was Was scary was scary and he was probably you know because i'm convinced he had cataracts and that he was not completely blind but can maybe see shadows because it just says his eyes were dim yeah Mm -hmm. it says it literally says when isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that's what i think of and i guess you're right because that like how do you prepare for that or it could also be you know there's genetic abnormalities now that make you go blind with age um it's like the shrinking of your corneas or something. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, sense. think about his lineage. Um, Abraham and Sarah were half siblings. So <laughs> see the smell of my son is the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give of you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Now, if you were the person receiving that blessing, how would you feel? Empowered. I mean, that's everything. You're getting everything. Yep. All the earthly possessions that he that he has. And let's keep in mind, Isaac was rich. Not only did he inherit what Abraham had, he also was mm-hmm. wealthy himself, as yep. we found out in the last chapter. Yeah. So, And in this, um, you know, Isaac inherited the promises of Abraham. He was with covenant with God. So in his promise, he said, may God give you these things. So... Not only is he giving him everything he has, but he's also blessing 
the future through God, and through God. Yeah. That's which, a good point. You know, yep. Only good things can come from that. Yep. So after he had finished blessing Jacob, Jacob like ran away from him, basically. Like power walked he out was of like, there. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Right. And then his brother Esau came in from hunting. Um, and basically Isaac figured it out what had happened. And he was like, You're Esau. I guess I just blessed Jacob. He's deceived me. And then Esau and finding out that Jacob took his promise was angry. Yeah. Livid, one might dare say. Raging. I mean, he throws a fit. It says... I mean, Isaac trembled very violently. Yes. It says. As soon as he saw her, the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, even me also, my father. Mm-hmm. But your brother deceitfully came and he has taken away your blessing. Yep. Is he not rightly named Jacob? He is. For sure. I mean, Esau's hairy. Is he he was rightly, rightly named, named for Esau. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. Esau basically throws a temper tantrum because yeah. he didn't get the blessing that he was looking forward to from his father. Um, you know, again, we see God's hand in all aspects of this. He told Rebecca and Isaac from the start that the older shall serve the younger. And yep. even in their meddling that still didn't come to fruition. Yeah, so, you know, God Their used things this. didn't come to fruition. Yeah, so God used this um, situation here to accomplish his will. And let's be clear, like, I know we talked about this earlier. Even if Isaac would have blessed Esau, not Jacob, mm-hmm. the will of God, the prophecy that God gave to Rebecca would have come to pass. Yep. 37... Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers. I have given him for servants and with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? So Isaac had full intention of giving Esau everything. Absolutely everything. Everything, including power over his brothers. Yeah. Even though God said. He was trying. He was because Esau was Isaac's favorite. That verse makes me angry. Yeah. Because he knew, like he knew God's plan. He knew it from the very beginning, even before they were born. And yet he still tried to maneuver and let his own intentions his own, come to pass. His own will, not God's. Yeah. Like Abraham and Hagar. So he basically says, I already gave everything to Jacob. What am I supposed to give to you? Yeah. And let's just read for you what Isaac gives him. Wait, wait, wait. Remember okay. that Esau is throwing a tantrum. He's like, no, bless me, bless me, bless me. Like, please, 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 bless me, bless me, bless me. And he's going off of that in the moment thing yeah. already. Yeah. So like he's he's doing his fleshly temper tantrum. He's like caught because then again, he's kind of going back on his word with what he said with Jacob. Am I wrong? Or is the birthright and the blessing completely separate? They're different. Oh, okay. They're Never completely different. And I, too, you have pointed this out earlier, and I don't know if you're going to go back to it or not, but like he didn't throw a fit like this over the birthright, which was God's gift. Yeah. It was the divine gift. But he's throwing this hissy fit, basically, over 
manly, earthly, worldly possession, Mm -hmm. temporary riches, flesh, which not flesh, witches. wow, flesh, riches. Yeah. You know? And then he just gave God's blessing, eternal salvation and flushed it down the toilet with his soup. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. With the soup. Yeah. With the poop. Anyway. Uh, Yes. That was episode two. We're not getting back into that. Yes, if you're willing to go back and listen to the episode about the poop, it's in episode two. (laughs) So this is what Isaac gives to Esau. Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of the heaven on high. But your sword, you by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Yep. Now that was so crappy. It was terrible. It was now, terrible. I kind of had something to, a little bit to say about that last piece where he says, but but when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm jumping ahead into their story a little bit, but I kind of just wanted to point out here that, well, let me ask you a question. Okay. When you hear that, what do you think Isaac means by that? Okay. So I have a little context from the study portion of my Bible, mm-hmm. but when I first read it, I was under the impression that Esau was going to serve his younger brother, Jacob, right? And in breaking his yoke from your neck, I just thought that he would be able to break free from that servantship for a a brief moment in time. Yeah. This is what I think. And then we can compare it to what R.C. Sproul says. Sure. Um, What I think it is, is... um, Isaac basically told him, you will be a slave to your brother. And I'm thinking not in a physical sense, Mm -hmm. but in like a mental, emotional, spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe not spiritual, but like a mental, emotional sense Mm -hmm. because of everything that Jacob has done to him. The the trickery with the birthright, the deceit with the blessing. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure there were other things as they they were growing up. Their whole lives, I'm sure. Until he breaks his yoke, to me, meaning until he chooses to forgive him Mm -hmm. and and move on to let go, then he will have freedom. Because you know how when somebody wrongs you, you spend so much of your time Mm -hmm. angry or upset over that emotion, and it's them that's occupying and causing that, Mm -hmm. and in you know your headspace and how you feel, even how and we'll see later even after jacob is gone how esau still must have felt about that because i know how i feel about things that happened in the past still to this day and so until you break that yoke until you get away from that Mm -hmm. you're a slave to it yeah you know makes sense makes sense so my study portion says from time to time edom which is the other name for esau was able to break free from Israel's denomination or domination. Um, Edom became a nation. So it was a people's instead of just one person. Yeah. Um, in Which addition, Herod the Great, yeah, Herod the Great was a descendant of Esau. Mm. So that's what my study Bible portion says that Edom was able to break free from Israel's domination from time to time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, I think the moral of this story is that what's meant for you will always come to be. Exactly. God's will will be done. Yep. 
Always, no matter what. So like if you're hoping towards something or if you're, you know, trying to get to a certain place in your life and you keep finding that those doors are being shut, what's when, what's meant for you will always come to exactly. be. So it's just exactly. not meant to be. Exactly. And I think for me, a large part of what I pray for is just that, number one, you know, like most people that God's will be done. Mm-hmm. And for me to understand, accept, and to want God's will. Yeah. So then we find Esau enraged, as we said, decides that he's going to kill Jacob because of what he did. Yep. He says, the days of mourning for my father are approaching, and then I will kill my brother Jacob. So he's like, okay, dad's going to die. Um, I'm going to be sad about that for a minute, and then I'm going to go kill my brother. I feel like we have a Cain and Abel situation going on here. Yeah. Remember we talked about this. I can't remember if it was last episode or the episode before. I would imagine it was last episode mm. about how siblings were going to be yeah. head to head as part of the curse from the fall. Yep. Um. So Rebecca didn't hear Esau say this. Somebody in her house told her like, hey, uh, your other son is like so mad. He's going to kill Jacob. Um. You might want to do something about this. So she says, you know, to Jacob, go flee to Laban, my brother in Haran and stay with him for a while while Esau cools off, basically. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I'll bring you back. Um, because she didn't want to lose her son. Because, you know, if he stayed, Esau was going to kill Jacob. And he she didn't want to have to lose Jacob and yeah. Esau, basically. Yeah. And I had a question, too, about that, where she says there at the end of verse 45, why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Yep. Now, do you think she means that as she's going to lose Jacob because Esau's going to kill him and then she's going to lose Esau because Esau killed him? Or what do you think she meant by that there? Because while we know that Jacob is her favorite, that doesn't mean that she doesn't care for Esau. I mean, that is her son. Well, think about it this way. What happened to Cain when he killed Abel? He was sent out. He was cast out from his family. Yeah. So I feel like the same would probably happen to Esau. Yeah. So she would have have lost lost both both of them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So Jacob, he goes and he he leaves basically and he goes to Haran to live with his uncle Laban. Um am I saying that right? That's how I would say L- it. Laban. Laban. Anyway, um but Rebecca returns to Isaac because Isaac doesn't know that Esau is planning to kill Jacob. Um so Rebecca yeah. says, "Hey, um I'm sending no, the way she phrases it, she's like, I hate my life because of these Hittite women that Esau has married because you didn't find godly women for our our sons. So I'm sending my son, Jacob, to Laban, my uncle, our kin, so he can find a wife in the land of Abraham, basically. Yeah. So she makes Isaac think that she is sending Jacob away to find a wife from her kin. Exactly. And not because... Esau is going to kill him. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you do think if he would have known that, what do you think he would have said? Anything different? You know, I don't know. I'm sure once but, he figured out that he blessed Isaac. I mean, I'm keep sure in mind, because he, he said he, he was shaking with with anger. Yeah, I'm sure he was mad. But like, I don't think he would have condoned his behavior, Esau's behavior. Yeah. Um, But I don't think he would have done much to stop him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. because he wanted what he wanted. He wanted his will. Yeah. Instead of and God's. if Jacob was gone, then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So. But I also feel like Isaac wasn't in the position to do much at all. Yeah. So that ends chapter 27. Um, yeah. Rebecca tells Isaac that she's sending Jacob away. Um, and chapter 28 picks up right where they left off. So Isaac. Yeah. Called well, his son. What? Go ahead. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I just want to point out at the end of chapter 27, yeah. that is the last we hear of or from Rebecca. Really? Mm-hmm. We don't hear when she dies. No. And part of that, I think, and I also read somewhere as part of her punishment for what she did. Really? Mm-hmm. Well. That we don't find out when she dies. None of that. Interesting. That's it. Boom, all she wrote. At any rate, Jacob is sent away. Yeah, well, also, that's the last time then that Rebecca sees Jacob. Yeah. She didn't want to lose her son, and yet she did. She never saw him again. Yeah. Now, I didn't look on a map to see where this area or region that Isaac and his family were living in in comparison to where Abraham was. Mm Mm-hmm. But I imagine it's all in the general yeah, vicinity. Yeah, it's in the same. It's in the same area because remember, excuse me. I mean, it's remember, all in Canaan. Well, yeah, but Isaac went from well to well that they had filled oh, in. Oh, yeah. Abraham so it was filled, exactly you know. the same place. So let's keep in mind too. Then this journey Jacob is taking is about a month long journey one yeah. way. Yep. So yep, it's a long one. Mm-hmm. So Isaac called Jacob and basically had the same conversation that Abraham had to his servants. Said, yeah. You must go to um go to Laban, do not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to Padnaram. I'm not saying yeah, that's that, how right? I would say it. To, to the I, house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as a wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So he gives him explicit instructions on who to take a wife from. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then before he sends him off, says he says, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a, a company of peoples. May he give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. So this is Isaac officially, not that he had to, but officially giving Jacob Abraham's promises from God. Yeah. And so do you think that's because... Isaac is chilled out and he realized that it's God's will and not his own? Or do you think it's because he's already blessed Jacob by mistake anyway? Well, I feel like it's probably both, but at the same time, he probably sees Esau's wrong. Do you think he's being sarcastic? No, I feel like he also sees Esau's wrongdoings and then he sees his own flaws reflected in Esau. Maybe that's why... Well, no, because he was his favorite before he got married. But anyway, um, he see Esau take multiple wives from the Canaanite women. And he was explicitly instructed not to do that when he was looking for a wife for himself. Yeah. So he did it. And he did it anyway. And it was because, you know, he failed to get wives for his sons. Yeah. Again, not not to place the full blame and not to make excuses for the Esau, but... Again, God gives us the power to come out of those choices. Yep. So anyways, Jacob leaves. Mm-hmm. And we see then that now Esau is marrying an Ishmaelite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. 
I personally feel he does this in an attempt to make amends because he knows that Rebecca and Isaac don't like the Hittite women and he already has two wives in Ishmael. Again, this further proves that. Well, okay. He's, he's trying to do what his father instructed Jacob to do. Exactly. To take a wife exactly. from his kid. So he's trying to like, yeah, do what he wants, what they wanted him to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't get rid of his other wives that he already has. Well, that and he took a wife from Ishmael's line. Ishmael was the banished yeah. son of Abraham. Yeah, he but wasn't... they Yeah, but they still considered Ishmael to be kin. Like yeah. I mean, I guess, but at least that's what I read. Yeah. That's what I read and that's why he chose to marry an Ishmaelite. Yeah. But also keep in mind too then like did he journey off or did he just pick an Ishmaelite because they were closer? Uh, you know? Yeah, I mean in this instance, he marries his his cousin, like his direct cousin. I mean, we're all they're all marrying cousins or brothers or sisters at this point. I hear banjos. <laughs> all right, now completely <laughs> different. Anyway, um, Esau marries an Ishmael. I, I like how you say that um, because he saw that the Canaanite women did not please his father, so he was basically trying to. Get back in his good graces. Yeah. Be like Jacob. Yeah. And that's really the last time we really see of him for a while. Yeah. So on Jacob's month long journey, he's traveling and he comes to rest. um, And it doesn't say before where he stops at. No, but he sleeps on a rock. I literally have that <laughs> written in my notes. A rock for a pillow, dot, dot, really, yeah. LOL. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that would be? My neck. I, I mean, my pillow doesn't do much for my neck now, so I can't imagine. Right? I'd be getting up in the morning like... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be done. I mean, after traveling for how long, I would... No. I mean, mm. his body had to be tired, so he... Probably didn't really care. Nope. Not at so all. But he passes. Well, it doesn't say passes out, but he's exhausted. I'm sure. Yep. So he's he has a dream, basically, and we all know how God likes to talk to us. Yeah. In our dreams, so he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached into heaven, and behold, the angel of angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood. The Lord, oh my goodness. The Lord stood. (laughs) The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So here God is making his covenant, the exact same covenant that he made with Abraham, the exact same covenant that he made with Isaac. He is now officially making it with Jacob. Yep. So this ladder. Yes. Let's talk about it. Like, right. What do you think that was? Like, I'm a visual person. Like, I have to see it. And I, you know, you always hear 
I don't know. Like at the Renaissance Fair, they have that game or whatever. It's like Jacob's Ladder. Hold on. And you have to like... Hold on. I've never been to a Renaissance Fair before. I've only went to one. Oh, okay. Anyway. What's it like? Did you dress up? No. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted the giant turkey leg, if I'm being perfectly you honest with you. You can get that normal fair. And Lincoln ended up holding up a giant, holding a giant goose. Oh, that's nice. It was a good time. Was anyway. the goose alive? Yeah. Oh. Well, sorry. Of course. I let my child hold dead animals. It'd be easier. It anyway. Be. Uh, um, <laughs> how do we get on the Renaissance Fair? <laughs> <laughs> because it's talking about like they have this thing. Like, oh, Jacob's, Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we, I hear that in context outside of the Bible. But anyways, so I always think of like, I don't know, a string ladder and like wooden rungs in between. Yeah. However... Until I read the study portion of this Bible, I realized how silly in my head that was. I mean, they were ascending, descending on it. So it had to be a structure of some type that people could, people, that they could cross each other and not fall off. And to be from heaven to earth, it had to be huge. Yeah. Um, My Bible portion, my Bible portion, my study portion says that it was like a a ziggurat that we talked about in the Tower Tower of Babel. Yeah. Um, but at the same time that it had to have been a bigger representation of that because while the ziggurats were big, they didn't, they could obviously the, couldn't no. touch the sky or to heaven. No. So, so I don't know, but I bet that's what it, it is looked like because I'm sure that Jacob had seen those in his and travels and was. growing up and yeah. would know what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So he has this dream, God standing at the top of this ladder or this, staircase or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it makes this promise to him and jacob wakes up and he's like well to me i think i mean he's still very immature in his faith but i think maybe this is where we see him turn around a little bit because mm-hmm. i think and correct me if my if i'm wrong i think this is the first part where we find since talking about jacob and esau we see anything about the mention of any type of altar worship yeah anything like that that, because then he wakes up then jacob awoke from his sleep and said surely the lord is in this place and i did not know it and he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of god and this is the gate of heaven Mm -hmm. so early in the market morning he took the stone he was using as his pillow basically set it up as a pillar poured oil over it to anoint it and called it bethel yeah which is what god with us yes yeah yeah something like that yeah um my bible portion going back to the lord stood above it it says or the lord stood beside him if the second reading is preferred note jacob's response in verse 16 surely the lord is in this place then god comes down the stairway in jacob's dream he stands not above the stairway but over a sleeping jacob that he came and like approached him in his sleep I mean, that's very interesting. It wouldn't surprise me because Jacob, as we'll come to see, has many face-to-face interactions with God. Oh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But. And we don't hear that about Isaac. We hear that about Abraham. Mm-hmm. We don't hear that about Isaac. Now, the angel of the Lord was there, but Abraham was also there. Yeah. Do we have any one-on-one interactions with an angel of the lord or the lord himself with isaac i don't think so i don't think so not that i can think of off the top of my head 
Well, could be we wrong, have one though. with Rebecca. I mean, she, he didn't. But he himself. spoke to her. He I mean, I'm sure her. God spoke to Isaac, but yeah. like, we don't have anything where like. Maybe they didn't have like as close as a relationship as Abraham Maybe and God did. almost being sacrificed kind of. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I keep going back and forth on that whole situation, manic or calm. Uh, but he, like, if he's a grown man. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so he goes and he makes a vow um, after building the altar and, you know, anointing it and calling it Bethel. Um, he makes a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, I will give me... And will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. This stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will give you a full tent to you. So to me, again, Jacob's faith is still quite immature. But I think we see maybe a little bit of a turn here. Oh, yeah. Or am I wrong? Because no, I could be completely wrong. Completely right. It's a big turning point for Jacob because he's moving from that familial religion into a personal relationship. Oh, so I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, think about it. Abraham had a personal relationship with God. Isaac was kind of built into that familial religion with God. And then Jacob was kind of like that. That's why he refers to God as Abraham's God or Isaac's God. Yeah. And in these couple verses that we're going to get into next, he, t- he says Jacob's God. He points him as a center of his life that he is the God of Jacob. And he's moving in t- into that personal relationship with yeah. him. He says, then the Lord shall be my God. My God. Yes. So going back to what he says, I struggled with this piece a little bit. Um, verse 20, talking, if God will be, then I. It's like an if-then statement. Yeah, which, who are we to say if-then with God? Exactly. But I did a little research, and it's the word if in scripture should often be translated as since. So since God has makes promised a lot these of things, sense. since he's going to do these things, I will respond in this specific way. Yeah. So that's put it into a better perspective for me because I was like, excuse you. Yeah. Like, you're only going to worship him if he gives you these things. Like, no, it's since he has promised me these things. It's not if maybe they will happen, he understands that they will happen and they will come to fruition because that God makes, promised them. Yes, I like that much better. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. So here, a lot of people, the main takeaway from that vow is that, oh, he's going to give a tenth of everything he has to God, the tithing that we see in today's churches, right? That's not the main takeaway from this. The main takeaway from this vow is that he has declared that he is going to move into that personal relationship yeah, with god absolutely and that's the the bigger commitment yes, the bigger absolutely picture that here. god is now his god that yeah it is the god of isaac yeah it is the god of abraham but now this is also this is my god yep you know yep so, so. yeah uh, that was the end of chapter 28 yes was it yep. no Yes, 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 no, yes, yes, no, yes, that's it. I'm not going anyway. That was the Grinch. Um, let's give credit where it's due. Yeah, that was. 
Um, so chapter 29 opens with Jacob ending his journey, basically, into the land of the people of the East. And we have very similar instances in chapter 29 that we see the servant have when he is going off and finding Rebecca for Isaac. Yeah. So he comes upon um, a, field, well. a well. Yeah, a field where there was a well. There was sheep lying beside it. Um, shepherds were out. And it mentions like a big stone on the well's mouth, which is important, but not really. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he comes up to these people and he was like, where, where do you live? Um, and because I guess he didn't really know where he was. I'm assuming because it was like, Jacob said to them, my brothers, where do you come from? They said, we are from Haran. He said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? Like he had to affirm that he was in the right place. Well, and let's, I'm sure he had. <laughs> that sound. He had never, he had never, He'd never been, been, there. been there before. Yeah. He doesn't know who these people are, but it was just kind of ancient custom where like family is family. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. your kin is your kin, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why like, hey, I'm looking for my uncle. Do you know him? Is is, is he alive? Is it okay? Am I in the right place? Yes. Who am I? So basically, basically that's what happens. He comes up to these people and he's like, hey, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? Did I say that right? Yeah, I did. Um, and they were like, yes. And he was like, okay, is he okay? Like, is he in prison? Or is, you know, if, is it is everything well with him? And they're like, yeah, no, he's fine. Um, and then they say, here, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with his sheep. Now, I picture Rachel as kind of like this bad A-B um, because she's coming up. She's a shepherdess. Like, I can't imagine that was very popular. No. And let's keep in mind, too, like what shepherds had to do. They had to use their staffs to beat lions. Ti- no, not tigers. Lions, tigers, are tigers and bears. Oh, my. <laughs> lions, bears, wolves, coyotes. Yeah. You know, yeah. all these vicious animals to protect the flocks. Mm-hmm. So and yep. she was also probably ripped. Yeah, right. And like That's she's probably, probably she- fearless. Like. Yes. Yes, get it, girl. Anyway, yes. um, I don't, I don't understand this whole sheep coming together thing. But uh, basically, they couldn't water the sheep until all the flocks were gathered together and the stone was rolled away, um, and then they could water the sheep. So while he was speaking with them, well, go ahead. The stone was rolled away to release the water to quench the thirst. Of these animals and these people, the stone was rolled away. I see where you're going. <laughs> I don't know if there's a connection there, but the stone was rolled away from the tomb yeah. to release Jesus. Yeah. That says not that he needed you to be will, released, but no. Yeah. Uh, that was for us. The stone being rolled away was mm-hmm. a visual for us. Anyway, yeah. that he would give water to all those to quench our spiritual thirst yeah Mm -hmm. okay maybe anyways maybe that's Mm. a yep maybe so anyway so it says while he was speaking with them rachel came with her father's sheep for she was a shepherdess (laughs) (laughs) now as soon as jacob saw rachel the daughter laban his mother's brother and the sheep laban his mother's brother jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of laban his mother's brother 
Why do they say that so much? His mother's brother. Maybe they didn't have a word for uncle. That's true. So then this was weird. And also, too, I think maybe to show kinship. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Verse 11. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebecca's son. And she ran and told her father. Now the, the kiss. Was it like a kiss or like a kiss? No, I think it was kind of like lubbies like they have the french have where it's kind of like you know on the cheeks or whatever yes yes, it's called lubbies (laughs) (laughs) i can't (laughs) i don't even know how that happened i don't either (laughs) i think it's lubbies you know like a greeting like a hello we're we're kin Mm -hmm. we're family Mm -hmm. why did he weep I was literally just now thinking about that. I think maybe he just felt a sense of relief because yeah. it was such a long and stressful journey. It was a month long. Yeah. Let's remember the circumstances in which he left his homeland. Yeah. In. Yeah. I mean, it was traumatic because he thought for sure his brother was going to murder him. Yeah. He and probably like, knew. Finally, I found my family. And he knew that was probably the last time he's ever going to see his mom. Yeah. And maybe even his dad. And I mean, he had left kind of like when Lot left Sodom, Jacob was leaving everything he's ever known. Mm -hmm. And he finally found what he came to find, what he was looking for. Yeah. So the similar instance of where the servant met with Isaac versus when Jacob meets with Rebecca, because we know Rebecca's the one he truly loves, right? We see when he comes upon the well, when he's Rachel. at... Rachel's the one he truly loves. Did I say Rebecca? Rebecca's his mom. Oh, he does love no. his mommy. Rebecca. But, and you know what I meant. Rachel. So, Re- Rachel. Rachel. Both their names start with R. Oh, words are hard. Anyway, um, when the servant came up to the well, he immediately prayed and asked God to show him which person would be the one that he was going to have for Isaac, right? And in striking contrast to that, Jacob doesn't pray. He doesn't ask God to show him who his wife is going to be. He doesn't ask God to show him that he's in the correct place. He he goes and asks man about it. Yes. So we can Mm. see there that lack of spiritual leadership within that household that he wasn't immediately turning to God. Yeah. And so so, I'm sorry. Nope. Go ahead. So then Laban comes out because Rachel went back and told her father that Jacob was here, right? And so he came out and greeted him and was so happy to see him. And then he was like, come, you're you're definitely my flesh and blood. Come stay with me. Um, But he said, because you're my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? So I guess he worked for him for like a month while he stood there, stayed there. Yeah. And he didn't get paid. I just... Also, sorry, want to go back a smidgen and then I'll talk yeah, about that. Sure. That I just think it's also interesting when you're talking about the similarities and the differences in between when Abraham's servant was looking for a wife for Isaac and mm-hmm. now Jacob looking for a wife for himself, how Rebecca was the one to water the sheep. Rebecca was the one to water the camels and give the servant a drink. And here we're seeing Jacob do it. Jacob was the one who lifted the stone. Yeah, yeah. 
and open the water. Yeah. So going back to the whole kinsman, should you work for me? Yeah. I mean, you figure he probably had to earn his keep. Because if he was going to stay there, maybe he didn't know how long he was going to be there. He was going to be eating their food, drinking their water, using their resources. Yeah. Um, I was wondering this a little while ago when I was originally reading through this chapter was that did Laban know, like, did he see or did Rachel tell him that he physically moved that stone from the well? Because that couldn't have been an easy job. And he, if he did know that, then he knew that he was an able-bodied man that was able to work for him. Yeah. I'm sure he did. She was probably like super excited. Number one, new person. Number two, I mean, she obviously liked him, mm-hmm. you know, and she's probably like, oh, you're never going to believe this. This guy, he says he's family and blah, 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 blah. He rolled away the stone and immediately did the wheel start turning because as we know, he's his family is shifty. Mm-hmm. Shifted the mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was just kind of a little... That's a good point. point. Yeah. That he knew that he could get something from him. That's why he was so willing to have him stay with him and do all that. But I still... I read somewhere that he still worked for nothing, basically. Like, he didn't get a dowry when he married Uh, either of his wives. No. And he got tricked in the entire... Anyway, Anyway, we're going to get in there. So... um. Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak. And, you know, when they describe her, Leah, you you think of, like, the black sheep. Like, she was just kind of, like, the oldest, but she was not as pretty. She probably, Well, and let's be real. Look at Rachel. She was a shepherdess. Yeah. She lived in her younger sister's shadow, basically. Basically, Yeah. So it literally says, Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Dang. <laughs> like, poor Leah. I'm glad I don't have a sister. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jacob loved Rachel and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. So by this point, they, he had been living with them for a month, right? Yeah. So him and Rachel probably got on with their courtship or whatever yeah like, and we're talking we're talking and, and getting to know each other exactly and leah was likely looking in on this situation and probably feeling the same way about jacob as her sister did but from the outside he didn't have any interactions with her likely right or if he did they weren't they weren't with the same intentions of what she had with rachel no no no, no. not at all so he said i will serve you seven years for your younger daughter rachel And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So he's like, yes, I'll give you my youngest daughter, Rachel. I would rather her go to you than any other guy. Stay with me. Serve me for free for seven years and you can have my youngest daughter. Yep. Can you imagine a man nowadays working for nothing for seven years to marry a woman? I wouldn't be married. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I can't with you. I hope Anthony doesn't hear that. I don't know. Would you work seven years for free for me? We'll see what he says next week. Right? (laughs) James definitely wouldn't. 
Well, I don't know. He loves me. Let's ask him. Texting. Would you do seven years of hard labor for free for me? Mm-hmm. So anyways, while we're waiting for a response. Um, oh, he's going to come here. Oh, he is. We're going to have a guest on the <laughs> Allergic to Grace podcast. <laughs> Introducing my husband, James. Hey, I have a question for you. One. Yes, we are recording. Two. Would you work for seven years unpaid to marry me? Hard physical labor. Like shepherding and farm work and hunting hunting and, and to marry me. You can, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Like when? Before well, you're married. In order for you to marry her, you have to do this. Like you've already spent enough time with her to get to know her. Yep. And you want to... You, you met me? Yeah. I'm beautiful. You met me. You spent a month with me as in like talking, friendship, working together. But you're also cousins. Yeah. That doesn't matter, though. <laughs> Would you work for seven years unpaid hard physical labor to, in the end, to marry me? Am I going to eat? Like, how am I going to? It's all paid for. In your labor. In your labor. Like, food, housing, shelter, everything is paid for. And this is back in the day. Yeah, like, back in the day. Bible times? Yeah, Bible yeah, what times. Else Ancient history. What else? Oh, he said yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Now get out. <laughs> Oh, he loves me. What else would I do? That's nice. <laughs> anyway, so he says he agrees. He works for seven years for Rachel, and they seemed but a few days to yeah, him because he doesn't of how care. I love. Yeah, he he's like, I'll do it. What is seven years compared to the rest of my life without I her? Mean, what is ten years? What else is he gonna do? To- <laughs> anyway. Yes. So So he, he works the seven years. Mm-hmm. It happens. Time is up. And he says to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her for my time is completed. Romantic. So romantic. And so he gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast, uh, which was custom during the time. They had a big party, basically, to do the marriage and everything. Um, But in the evening, he took his daughter, Leah, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. So... Laban gave his female servant. Well, I don't think that matters. He gave his female servant to Leah to be her servant. Yeah. And when he woke up in the morning, Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? I did not serve. Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? So the deceiver here becomes the deceived. Yeah. My, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> um, the office. Yes. Um, and. I just want to say, I'm sure there are those who are like, well, how would he not know that that was Leah and not Rachel? Let's keep in mind that this was a giant feast. Yep. Probably a little, little drunky drunk. A little drunk. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was some type of veiling. Oh, yeah. Until that night. And it was, remember, there's no electricity. It's pitch black. Yep. You know, how was he so snow? And I'm sure that they looked similar. They were sisters. sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have something about that. So oh, good. Jacob takes Esau's birthright as firstborn. Yes. Right? Laban gives Leah first to Jacob because she She's was the, the firstborn. firstborn. And that was his excuse. He said, 
I gave you Leah because it is custom that the firstborn be married before the younger sister, basically. Mm -hmm. So that's why he deceived him. Two, Jacob uses Esau's garments to to trick Isaac. And he also uses Isaac's sight as like a a way to take advantage of him so yes laban did the same with nightfall and with the the wedding Wedding, garment yes the wedding veil with leah um so he's tricked in the same way that he tricked other people yes boom i like that so after that um he's like well complete the week laban said this to jacob he said complete the week of this um wedding basically and i will give you the other also in return for serving another seven years so he worked for 14 years unpaid to marry rachel he agreed yeah and honestly i don't think if he wasn't tricked into marrying leah i don't think he would have had multiple wives i don't think so i think he would have left but he does have concubines later on so yeah i don't know maybe Maybe not necessarily Rachel's sister, but maybe another one. But anyways, I bet he would have taken Rachel and went back and maybe he would have ended up with Rachel and Hittite women. Yeah, maybe. So, but anyway. Yep. So he works another seven years for free, married to a woman that he doesn't want to be married to, basically. Mm -hmm. And... And then at the end of it, he actually, he gets Rachel. So Laban stays by what he originally said. Um, And Jacob went into Rachel and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. So wait, did he finish out the week? Hold on. Laban, his female. Oh. Hmm. So did he marry both on that night? So... I think he finished out the oh, wedding the week. week. Yeah. And, and then, then he married, got Rachel. Then married Rachel. And then had to work the seven, seven years. years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he didn't yeah. have to wait another seven years, but he had to he work. He probably couldn't go yeah. without her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. So, so that last verse says, so Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. It points out that Jacob loved rachel more Mm -hmm. than leah Mm -hmm. not that he ever loved leah it just yeah he loved rachel more and we knew that from the get-go that's who he loved that's who he wanted yep so moving on kind of next into the next section of 29 um when the lord saw that leah was hated quote-unquote hated he opened her womb but rachel was barren so go ahead i just want to make a point here where it says hated that the Hebrew word for hated is not hate in a sense that we're thinking of it, but hate is in a sense of preferred or favored. So she was disfavored. She was mm-hmm. not wanted, yep. basically. Not necessarily like hate, yeah. but like, you know. Cast aside. Exactly. So with God and dispensing his gifts, he observes a proportion to keep the balance even setting crosses and conference over one against another that none may be either too much elevated or too much depressed so in this situation rachel wants children but she is barren but she has her husband's love whereas leah wants his love but is fruitful so he keeps the balance even between the sisters when dispensing the gifts yeah um 
So Leah conceives um, and she names her children very expressive and respectful in regards to both God and her husband. Yes, she does. Um, Which I think is so nice, even though like she was just kind of like this. Because she could have been horrible to him. Yeah. Could have made his life absolutely miserable. But all she wanted was his love. Like, I feel like she loved him as much as rachel loved him or as much as he, he loved, loved rachel, rachel. Yeah. and mm-hmm. she just wanted a portion of that yep so her first son she named reuben is that how you say that yeah reuben, reuben. which means see a son um because she says the lord has no yes because the lord has looked upon my affliction for now my husband will love me because she gave him a son so yeah. reuben means see a son like yes right here she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. So he named, she named him Simon, which means to hear or to be heard because the Lord had heard of her affliction. Mm-hmm. She conceived again, which mind you, she pops out four kids and Rachel is left with nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that this is over a period of time. Oh, yeah. But throughout yeah. this entire time, Rachel doesn't have Rachel any, can't have children. None. But she has Jacob's love. Yeah. So she conceived again and bore another son and said, now this time my husband will be attached to me because I have bore him three sons. So she named him Levi, which means joined. And then she conceived again and bore another son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah, which means praise. Yeah. And then she stopped having kids. Yes. And at this point, let's keep in mind, too, Jacob is still residing in the area where Laban and where Rachel and Leah are from. He's not gone home. So he's had four children there yeah he's starting to build his life there yeah so So. we know isaac was close to death when he left i'm sure do we know how old rachel was whenever she married anyway Mm -mm. we know isaac was close to death so if rachel if rebecca was close in age Mm -hmm. she may have been close as well and we know it was a minimum of 14 years between the time that he left and he got married and then he had four children he's been there for a minute yeah so he hasn't seen his family he hasn't heard well i don't know if he's heard from them, but he hasn't seen his family hasn't spoken to yeah his family yeah does he do we know how isaac dies or like when think, he dies yeah okay, okay i couldn't remember anyway that brings us to the end of chapter 29. It does. Um, and to and the I conclusion of this it. episode. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I think so fast. That was fast. It was a lot. It was a lot. So what was our favorite verse? Our favorite verse was chapter 28, verse 15. Behold, I am with you and you will... Mm-hmm. I'll do it. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Yes. God is good. Yes. It's just showing that God will never leave us or forsake us until he has promised us. And at this point, he has promised Christ's return. That's so. exactly it. That's exactly it. 
That's how we can move on with our days. He's coming. So on the next episode, we will be discussing chapters 30 through 32. Um, And that episode will be up next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate James coming in and having a little guest star. Um, But we hope you've enjoyed the time we spent in God's Word. And we hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.